On today's show, who can step up without Garland, who could step up without Mobley, and how the Cavs can replace those two guys if they can at all. Let's dive into a new episode of Locked on Cavs. You are Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerol. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always, for his work on production. Evan, let's start today's show by looking at Darius Garland, how the Cavs are going to work without him, try to replace him now that he's out a month, if not more, with this broken jaw. So when I, when I first thought of this question and was thinking about it, I think we've seen the first two games. They're not going to try to replace him one-to-one. That, to me, is is very telling, and, and I think the place we have to start here is that they're not just throwing in another point guard. They're, they're adapting their style of play with Garland out. Yeah, I think adapting is a really good way to put it. They are point guard by committee is the way I like to think of it. It's like you get Donovan Mitchell, especially in that win over Houston, you saw from Donovan Mitchell, Craig Porter Jr., um, the two being the highest assist men there. Uh, Jared Allen is going to contribute, I think, with just some basic reads from the low post or even at the high post. Um, Karis LeVert as well is going to give you some of that playmaking upside. I think Max Struess uh, kind of showcasing that ability as a playmaker and a ball handler is like a pretty welcome addition if you're the Cavs, uh, just because it, it gives them a little bit more versatility and depth and stuff. Yeah, I think you can't replicate what Darius Garland gives you because I'm going to say he's one of one because there are very special playmakers in the NBA, but the Cavs just don't have anything comparable on their roster, just depth chart, Ricky Rubio included on that. And that's not a slight against Rubio or anything. Trust me, it's just like the more so the fact that um, the, the Cavs don't really have those options available to them. So they have to kind of get creative with it. And at least in these first two games, we'll see how it goes against the Jazz, of course, and then um, against the Pelicans after that, and then just to kind of wrap up their week, uh, Chicago on Saturday. But yeah, they're, they're making it work for now. And I think also just like four scores next to Mitchell and just letting Mitchell just dribble, dribble, dribble and do everything on offense where everyone moves off ball is helpful to, for him and his playmaking ability. And at least that you're getting baskets that are converted off of assists, which is a result of a product of your offense, which, you know, is always a good thing if you're Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, I think just the way they're going to play is is going to be very heavy on Donovan Mitchell. He's going to play a ton of minutes that we've seen already. They're going to throw a lot at him, and they're going to, I think, design things to figure things out and to be in a situation where they're they're designing sets around his actions. It's not going to be so much, hey, make a great read. All of that, it's going to be, Okay, we have cutting. We have a simple screen. We're gonna have the. There's gonna be pretty designed reads in there. I don't. This is gonna come off like a little bit probably harsh, and I don't really mean it that way. But I think of the way you design a Mitchell offense is like you design an offense for a quarterback when you're running play action. You're gonna you're gonna make the read clear for him. I think that's the idea. He's just not a playmaker in the way that Garland is, or or the way other teams are. So I I to me I just look at there being in a situation where. 
you're going to design looks that way. And they're, if they were going to go the other way, they would have just started Craig Porter Jr. They would have gone and got it a veteran point guard or something, right? Like, I think they would have gone that route. So I think the way they go is they're going to lean into Mitchell. They're going to start the starting five, and it's going to be based around what Mitchell does and hoping lots of guys make threes. I think that that's pretty clearly the path here with no Garland. Yeah, that that I agree. Like that's pretty clearly the path. Um, and let Mitchell be your primary ball handler and creator for the entire offense, but also get that secondary action from Karis Levert, uh, Max Strus, even Craig Porter Jr. Like Porter Jr. isn't playing a ton. Cavs, like I think, just much more to people's chagrin. I'd say, but um, well, just what, what do you what do you think about that? What do you think he should be playing more? Um, see. It's uh, tricky in that sense. We're like, yeah, he should be playing more. But like, also, I think JB is doing the right thing and riding the hot hand. Like you saw Sam Merrill get a healthy dose of minutes uh, in the second half against um, Houston. And just because Merrill is making shots and just kind of making those hustle plays that will at least earn you minutes in JB Vader staff's rotation. So uh, I think like it's just like, you know, product of the moment, like the Cavs need a spark because Porter Jr. seemingly always gives them a spark off the bench. But yeah, you're also just comfortable with the fact that, like, yeah, he may not play some nights, but, like, when he does play, he's able to give you something, and that's more than anything. Like, you just need him to be a reprieve for Donovan Mitchell to maybe get a few moments off on the bench just to catch his breath or rehydrate or just, you know, prevent normal aches and pains from being even more amplified than they need to be. So, yeah, but to your point, like, if this wasn't a recipe for success in Cleveland's eyes, they wouldn't be... um, this with Mitchell, and they would have started Craig Porter Jr., and that's not, like... A dis- it's not saying like J.B. Vickerstaff isn't like confident in Porter Jr.'s abilities. It's just more so the fact that like they have a lot of tangible data from last year of this working when Garland was out after he had his eye hit uh, by- at the hands of Gary Trent Jr. in the season opener in Toronto. And I think they're going to kind of tweak that a little bit because there's no Evan Mobley to assist this as well. But like the Cavs have found a recipe for success and you don't really want to kind of rock the boat too much when you're already on a pretty volatile spot to begin with. So you don't really want to do anything so i mean i don't know what about you what do you think they should be doing i think there's a case for him to play but i understand why they're not i think if you look at the way they've clearly decided to play it's the reason you don't play craig porter jr it's that you can only put so many non-shooters on the floor around mitchell and you don't have the playmaking chops of garland in theory to to make things work right so i think that's the choice they've made and like the statistics tell you that it has worked the offense the last two games has been really good you look at the you look at their offensive ratings over the last two games they were 132.3 against Atlanta, and they were 131.1 against Houston. Those are both really good numbers. They shot the ball really well in both games. They crashed the offensive glass. The defense, not particularly good. So there's a case to put um, someone else in there and have another big wing body in there. Craig Porter would be the wing option you could do that with, but they've clearly, I think, decided, okay, Mitchell, we need the shooting around him. We need to goose the offense at this specific point in time. We need to keep this rotation pretty lean let's go with the guys that are going to provide the most spacing. And, you know, when you're, if you're already playing Okoro, if you're playing Allen, if you're going to play Tristan Thompson, it just gets harder in this version of the Cavs, I think, to necessarily put another guy on the floor who's not going to shoot. So I, I could understand the argument for Craig Porter Jr., but I think you're, you're act, they're doing something, I think, smart around Mitchell and saying, let's just put all the shooters we can around him. And if that means sacrificing a little bit of something in terms of raw point guard play, I, I don't think that's a real argument. Craig Porter Jr. has an incredibly low three-point rate. He takes a ton of mid-range shots, and he likes to get to the rim. That's a hard player if you're playing Dean Wade, who's a hesitant shooter. You're playing Jaron Allen. You're playing Tristan Thompson and Isaac Okoro. You just need more bodies. That's why Sam Merrill 
is in the rotation, I think, and not Craig Porter. Yeah, and uh, not in the rotation in a sense because Craig Porter played against um, Houston. But and he's then, he's like a little like eating. He's like eating innings for eight for eight minutes, and then he goes away. Yeah, that's what I'm it. saying. Like he's at eight to possibly ten tops minutes. Like if he doesn't have it or he's not like giving you the juice that maybe Sam Merrill did. Um, it's easier to make that decision. But like he's at least giving you enough minutes to rest on of Mitchell so you're not playing Mitchell the full 48, even though Mitchell played the entire second half in overtime against Houston. But apparently Mitchell told Bickerstaff he wanted to do that. So who knows what's what. But either way, um, I think the Merrill thing is is a similar situation. Like He didn't play at all, I believe, against um, Atlanta before that and and then like Craig Porter Jr. hardly played as well too but like I think Bakerstaff is just like at that point where like the the depth is just kind of ripped apart he's admitted like he's there's lineups the Cavs wanted to utilize and deploy that have gotten zero on-court reps together outside of like practice this season so I think just like you ride the hot hand at that point you have like your core guys that you lean on and I think that's Karis Levert <clears throat> excuse me Karis Levert George Niang um, and then Tristan Thompson, like as eight, but like for that ninth man for the Cavs, like really stretch out their bench, maybe 10. Like you, you see, say, all right, Craig, Sam, who between the two of you, one of you guys are going to be playing like actual meaningful minutes tonight. And we'll figure out who it is just based on the flow and how things are going within the game. Coming up next, how the Cavs will replace or at least attempt to replace Evan Mobley. That's coming up after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors, and we are bringing you awesome fantasy advice with our friends from eBay Motors via our Lockdown Fantasy basketball host, Josh Lloyd. You should be checking out Josh's show if you are not already. And with eBay Motors, Josh is bringing you the Locked On Fantasy Picks of the Week. These are the eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. One of the names I like on this list is Tari Eason who the Cavs just saw with the Houston Rockets. He's still coming off the bench, Josh writes, but it doesn't really matter as Ime Udoka has found minutes for him. He's a strong fantasy value per minute option who becomes useful to everyone when his minutes tick up. Some of the other names he has on there, Grayson Allen, who's going to play more with Bradley Beal out, and James Wiseman, who's getting minutes with Isaiah Stewart hurt in Detroit. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That is the same for your vehicle. eBay Motors can help you keep your dream ride running smoothly, running healthily, all of that and more. They have all of the great parts, all of the great accessories. And for me, I have a Ford Bronco that I love. I'm keeping that on my eBay Motors account to make sure that if I need a part, if I want a certain accessory... I know where to get it. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply check them out today again at ebaymotors.com so evan mobley evan i think is another interesting case here because they've clearly just decided we can't play two bigs the same way without mobley let's just put dean wade on the floor let's put isaac core on the floor we're gonna lean that direction play a little bit smaller and and i that makes sense to me they're clearly just saying hey we cannot replace 
Evan Mobley one to one with this is what it is. Nothing we can really do about it. Yeah, I think that's the right way to look at this in general. Like, there's just nothing they can do about it. And to be frank, like, yeah, it is pretty one to one. Like, there's nothing the Cavs or really anyone should be could be able to do much about it. Um, just from the fact that like Evan Mobley is a one of one player, but like they are leaning a lot more on Jared Allen. And I think what's impressed me really about Allen, um, and he's just like last handful of games for Cleveland is just the fact that like he has really stepped up to the task. You noticed it um, more recently, I want to say, uh, like in some games against like stretchier bigs, whether it's uh, Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid, just like way late in the past. But, like Allen handled those assignments really well. But like this was your play of the night, but like Allen's defensive stop on Alvin mm-hmm. Sengun um, against the Rockets, like that was a huge play. And I'm like, oh, Allen actually does look pretty comfortable defending in space. Like, good on him. Like, you, you are hoping he is already capable of doing that, but like him showcasing that ability, at least that comfort in doing that, is super encouraging, especially if you're the Cavs and you're like trying to find ways to replace what Evan Mobley gave you as a player because he is one of one in that sense. Because like, can't really replace what Evan Mobley gives you because he just unlocks so much for Cleveland defensively because he, one, has that luxury blanket of Allen to kind of empower him on the court like that. But more impressively, just like Mobley's playing well. But like, I think you're just getting a little bit of from Mobley or sorry, not Mobley, Allen, just like whether it's defending stretchier bigs or just like most importantly, locking down the paint, recovering and reacting to uh, that defensive just switchability but also like Isaac Okoro has really stepped up too I think Max Struess is playing bigger than he like just looks physically and is like playing pretty well defensively within the system I think Donovan Mitchell like I joked about this but I was serious like Quinn Snyder was probably punching air uh, during the game and after the game watching Donovan Mitchell lock in on defense at times like it's gonna be by committee but you can't it's similar to Garland but like at a much higher extreme degree um you can't replace what Mobley gives you defensively i think offensively there's a little bit of juice there as well just from the big to big passing or just having a passing big like that but you're able to make this work and i also just think it is helpful at least like when you lose a guy like garland in uh, mobley period like you do have an all nba player in donovan mitchell and an all-star caliber big and jared allen just to kind of pick up the slack and then some pretty at least high-end depth pieces to kind of roll or smooth things out just as you ride out this storm yeah, with Mobley, I think they're just saying, okay, Jared Allen, you're going to have to just cover everything defensively. His job now is, I think, just you cover up the paint as much as possible. And I think even offensively, you're just going to see them, again, play differently. You're not going to see some of the elbow touches Mobley might have gotten. You're not going to see some of the post-ups they might have run from Mobley. And I think, I think that puts pressure on two people in particular aside from Allen. I think, number one, that starts with Dean Wade. I think Dean Wade, if he's going to be at the fifth starter, um, him and O'Core are going to be the fourth or fifth starter, depending on how you look at it. They both need to shoot, and I think Dean Wade particularly has something to prove in this case. He he is the one right now that he just he looks a little bit nervous with the ball when he gets in his hands at times. And Mobley, if you're going to replace Mobley and need to provide something unique to you, he has to just let the shots fly. He has to attack closeouts when he can. That, to me, is, I think, a big way that if you're not going to have Mobley, you're not going to have what he does defensively and, and as well as offensively as a roller. It has to just come from Dean Wade and others taking lots of shots. Okoro, too. Okoro has to take every open three that comes his way. He needs to drive at times. He needs to, to, to find other shooters at times if he drives and, and gets stalled. But I look at those two guys, and if to me, it's Allen's the obvious comp because there's a lot more pressure on him defensively and to be a roller and a fulcrum on offense in some ways provide some of that infrastructure.
but I think it's those two role guys that really have to provide what they can provide and figure it out and, and make the most of it. I think that's a great shout with Dean Wade as well. I think he has been playing a lot better as of these last kind of handful of games for Cleveland. Um, and I have been impressed just with like how well he's playing in general. Um, just the fact that like he is hitting his three pointers, he's hitting them in a much more reliable clip. Um, and he is playing bigger and better defensively. I do think it's interesting the Cavs are listing him as a forward slash center now versus just like, you know, traditional power forward, small forward that they used in the past. And I think that they are using him more as like a small ball five at times, which is, I think, ideal if you're the Cavs because he is his traditionally sized power forward. But um, yeah, like that's just the right call. Ultimately, I think you are making the right call when it comes to what Dean Wade can or cannot give you. Um, and just more importantly, like he uh, is able to step up and be like that one, the starter, maybe a different guy defensively at times too. But um, just more importantly, like can give you a little bit of that juice that the Cavs may have been lacking sometimes. And that that's just, you know, really key for a team that is just kind of like, not want to say lost in the chaos of it all, but like, you know, really trying to like find their way amidst a lot of stuff that um, they certainly didn't plan on having to deal with uh, at this point in the season. I, I think there's, this is a really big make it or break it time. I don't, he just has not provided that juice in the way that I think you would like at a high enough level. And to me that this is the time where we're going to just kind of learn exactly. I think what he is, as a player to some degree. Um, I, I think that's just kind of the, the space we've ended up in with him a little bit um, as, as far as the Cavs go. It, did you, is the, was this the starting five, Evan, that you, I know they're 2-0 with it, and Wade was kind of the choice to, to step in and start, but just some numbers for it. This starting lineup, Mitchell, Strews, Okoro, Wade, Allen, 74 possessions together so far, plus 4.1 per 100 possessions, scoring at a great rate, 135.1 per 100 that's fantastic. They don't throw the ball over a lot. They get a lot of offensive rebounds right now. Defensively, it's a, been just as good. If it's great offensively, it's just as bad defensively so far this year. It, there's, so there's something very different about this team's identity with this lineup. Is this the starting five that you think you would continue to roll with as the Cavs are going to be without those two guys for the, for the foreseeable future? Um, so it, it so your alternative for Dean Wade is likely George Niang. I, I doubt the Cavs would go with like a Tristan Thompson, Jared Allen lineup or a uh, Damian Jones, Jared Allen lineup. So if you look at just from like Niang, like defensively, I think there's way more concerns comparatively to uh, Wade. I think the rebounding aspect necessarily isn't as there as much. And also like there are moments where Wade gets picked apart um, defensively and like is kind of like the center because of attack, especially in pick and rolls where opposing teams will try to bully him as much as they can. Um, so I, I think, yeah, this is the right call. And then like when it comes to Levert, I th- the, the Cavs have really like firmly said like he is the sixth man for this team. You don't really see him starting that much unless they have no choice in the situation or it's based more on the matchup. But I know they, like you said, they are 2-0 with this group um, and that's encouraging in of itself. But yeah, I, I think this is the ideal lineup and also like Niang and Wade of, or sorry, um, Levert have really settled in that bench role and Thompson is just keeps giving you juice and I just don't see him slowing down anytime soon with that. He he is, I think, clearly the, the backup center. After this break though, we're going to talk about who could step up, who has something that they could provide the Cavs during the stretch. There's one name we haven't touched on yet who's coming off the bench who I think is the most obvious one. We'll start with that player after this. 
Today's episode is brought to you by today's title sponsor, and that is Game Time. Game Time is the best way to get last-minute tickets to your favorite events. That could be a Cavs game. That could be uh, an event to play out square. That could be a, a Browns game. It could be anything you want it to be. They have tickets for everything over at Game Time, and I loved Game Time because of the last-minute tickets. I built a ticket-buying experience around Game Time when I went to New York in the summer, got Liberty Aces tickets, and that was a way to save a lot of money for myself. You don't have to worry about paying something well in advance or not getting the best deal. You're going to get the best deal at Game Time every time. You can see the, the, the view from the app, from your seat. And you can get deals right up to the start of the event or even an hour after it starts. They have exclusive flash deals as well. And there's also the Game Time Guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110%. Of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's Game Time app. You create an account and use our code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Code is L O C K E D O N N B A for $20 off. Last minute tickets, lowest price. That's guaranteed, and that is Game Time. Number one player to me, Evan, that can step up during this absence is Karis Levert off the bench. He has looked most comfortable. He has looked at his best, I think, when they just don't have one of the guards. He he is often just a little bit redundant with Garland and Mitchell, and there's just a big avenue here for him to be, I think, a version of Levert that he has historically been that I think he's probably most comfortable in while Darius Garland is out to help the Cavs navigate their lack of creation, their lack of ball handling over these next several weeks. Yeah, I think um, just Levert is a great shot shout in general because he is looking a lot more comfortable after you know dealing with some injuries to start the season, and also just kind of looking a little bit more um, up and down in general. And like again, I think the Cavs he he stressed this heading into the season like he didn't know what his defined role quote unquote role was um, heading into this year. So like there was a little bit or like uh, last year, so there's a little bit of uncertainty on like okay, when do I have to do this or versus when do I have to do that? And kind of like, what what can I do to maximize my opportunities for this team? And also like, what can I do to maximize my opportunities for myself on the court too? And I think the, the Cavs have found something that works clearly. Um, I think they have found something that um, is beneficial with him. Um, and yeah, like I think as, as he kind of gets more opportunities to play in closing lineups or just more just because the Cavs have lack of scoring threats without Garland and to a pretty heavy extent, Mobley as well. Um, Lever is comfortable in stepping up in that role when he needs to. Like he can be an instant bucket for you. And I think against two softer opponents, at least on the upcoming schedule, I think maybe the next three as well. If he depends on how you feel about New Orleans, but at least with like Chicago and Utah, like having a guy like Levert uh, continue to find more comfort and more of his groove in this role, and also just within this new hierarchy the Cavs are kind of ranking out like yeah this is a that's a good shout and I think that's a good opportunity for a guy like Levert to really just play in his roots and get even more comfortable out there you could pick a lot of names but I think based on the first two games so far and we can end this with this player I think it's it's pretty clearly the other name to look for here is Sam Merrill right like that's the other guy with a real opportunity here yeah, I definitely think that's the other guy who has like a real, real opportunity here just to, you know, do something. Like he is riding off a lot of positive momentum from the last game 
Cleveland was uh, leaning on him against Houston. I think you can utilize him a lot and creatively with the Jazz. I think more of like a space-oriented lineup. Like it's not awesome defensively, but like a lineup of Joel Merrill, Struess, and either like Wade or Yang, depending on how much you really want to test Jared Allen on the interior. But like uh, more or less like a three-out lineup with Mitchell being the primary ball handler, but also that spacing ability and like Allen being the only guy who can like crash or attack the basket like that. Like that could be a really fun lineup. Just kind of give some fun wrinkles for the Cavs to really play around with and um, figure out the best way just to utilize uh, a guy like Merrill or even Struess um, or just anybody else on the floor. Just because like he does provide you a lot of valuable um, shooting upside, and he may not be like the best defensively, but at least he's going to scrap and hustle hard. And I think he has an understanding of how he fits within this system. And Again, like the circle back to the first segment, like Craig Porter Jr. could be in a similar vein too. Like if Porter Jr. gives the juice against the Jazz or the Pelicans or the Bulls mm-hmm. versus Merrill just for the remainder of this week, yeah, you can lean on CPJ as well because once you get out of like those top eight, maybe nine guys, um, <clears throat> depending on just what maybe you're getting from Thompson that night, um, yeah, like you look at Merrill, you look at Craig Porter Jr. Heck, me, I'm not saying Amani Bates would ever play, but like if he, the Cavs really wanted to like look at another, a third option like him as well, like the Cavs can kind of just plug and play their lineups and see what does and doesn't work. And then if a guy has a hot hand, you just roll with it. And I think that's just the best way to really approach this and tackle this going forward. I agree. We're going to end there. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Dermal. Thanks going to Jake Stevens. As always, for his work on production, we'll talk to you all later this week after Cavs Jazz for a recap of a game. We'll see if the Cavs can get to 3-0 without Garland and Mobley. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace out. Enjoy the hoops. Talk to you soon.